You are now tuned in from the desk of low. Brought to you by from the Dat Feeling Podcast Network. If you have a dream, go get it. Welcome back from the desk of low. I have with me an up and coming artist. He's actually uh, Norm and Mac P been putting me on to him recently, and then you know I've been bumping the ballad of Goldie. You know I've been I've been fucking with this guy's music heavy, like infamous villains. So if you already know those ones, you know I already got K Burns on the phone. Yo, 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 gang, 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 shit. Right, let's start this off. Oh, what up, man? Uh, you know, I'm just in the lab cooking, so, you know, um, I just want to start this off right, sir. Uh, Happy New Year's. Likewise, likewise. Same to you, my dude. Um, so, let's start this off, uh, sir. Where did the K. Burns story start out, sir? Oh, man, the K. Burns story. Yeah, the, the, K. Burns, the story of K. Burns goes back to October 27th. 
Um, I'm curious. Do you think that was like the first like major look for Kay Burns back then, man? Because like I was only in like oh, I, I think I was in high definitely. school. Definitely. I think that's what like pretty much separated me from the rest of the guys around my way. They kind of pretty much so Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? Like it pretty much separated me from everybody else because my my debut mixtape hadn't even dropped, and I was like 21 years old, and I was already on Rap City. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I remember telling my friends growing up. Like, yo, if I'm not on Rap City before I'm 21, I'm quitting rap. I used to be joking like that, telling them that, because I was a kid running home every day to watch Rap City straight after school. I was watching Tigger in the basement. I used to dream about being on the basement, you know what I'm saying? So to even have that opportunity right right after they shut that whole basement shit down, and for them to revive it and, like, reach out to me, they, like, shot stimuli and, like, artists of that caliber at that time, man, it, it, it was mind-blowing, you know what I'm saying? And it, 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 nothing's never been the same ever since then. Or facts, being a seagull voice from Taxstone, because like how you said, um, when you got at home to watch Rap City, yo, I did that in high school. I you got home just to watch Rap City. Yeah, I used to really like just just to see Tigger and your favorite rapper out. I didn't even go to see Rap City. I didn't care who was on it. Like, I had friends that was on Rap City. Like, yo, see my man Mouse Murder too, man. My man Mouse Murder just got twenty one years of some bullshit, man. But Mouse Murder was another influential dude in my life too. You know what I'm saying? Because. Mousey was on Rap City 14, 15. He was Foxy Brown. And I'm looking at Mouse and I'm looking at Hans Hood. He's my guys from the hood. He's the older dudes a couple of years older than me I'm looking up to. And they on they in the basement. And that shit was like, yo, it was so close. It's right there in my face. You know what I'm saying? I just got to keep going. So like that, it was, it was a passion. Like I seen niggas that I personally know on it. You know what I'm saying? I had to get on there. It. it was a must. Well, and then as we're, and then like as we're going to, um, like I said, I fa- um, doing my research, seeing you appeared on Sway in the morning, one of my influences. I'm like, yo, Sway, you got down on Sway with bars, my G. Can you give me that? How that went down? Yo, that whole day was like, when I put that whole day in perspective because I like to I like to look at things in hindsight and really like review what happened. That day was crazy. I was actually working. <clears throat> I was doing a junior accounting job. I was a junior accountant. No, that's why I'm really good with finance and business. But I was, I had got the words that they was doing budget cuts. They laid me off. You know, I got my daughters and shit. I'm like, damn, my nigga try to get out the streets and this is what happens. So I was home with the kids feeling bummed out, you know what I'm saying, in the crib. And it was like kind of like late night, like nine-ish. I'm like, let me go get some weed before it get too late. So I walked down to the hood to get some weed. And usually I go get some weed and just turn right back around and go home. But for some reason that day, I was like, yo, I'm in the hood. I need to go see my grandma and my mom and them. Now, we live right, like, our house is literally 100 yards from Barclays Center. The Barclays Center, where the Nets play, and where all the Brooklyn boxing and all the concerts and everything, the Barbra Streisand solo concerts and all that, yeah. that's the corner of my block, bro. So I'm walking down my block from one end, and Sway coming from the end of the Barclays, you know what I'm saying? And it's a scaffold on my block at the time. And this is my block. Like, we do dirt on this block. This is my block. With who the fuck is that walking down my block? So this is my disposition. I'm walking and I'm looking. And as I'm about to go on my house and turn my key, I notice that that nigga look like Sway. That shadow looks like Sway. But I'm looking for the dreads coming under the big hat. He don't got the dreads and that kind of threw me off. So I had said, like, yo, I know that ain't Sway. So I'm on the phone talking to the homie. You know what I'm saying? And he said, yeah, it is. So I let a couple of seconds go by and I said, yo, I can ride for you? And he said, yeah. But I was already... Walking in my house expecting him to say no, because you know celebrities be on some bullshit when they're in New York. They don't they be standoffish, especially in Brooklyn. But when he said, Yeah, I jumped down the steps, literally, I jumped down eight steps. 
out of breath and all that. And I ain't gave that nigga. I told him, I gave him like about 75 bars. If he wouldn't have stopped, I'd probably still be out there rapping right now to that nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it was him, Rich Nice, Kelly Kincaid. And they was like, yo, we got to bring you up. And I'm thinking they bullshit. So I'm like, yo, you know, take my number. I'm telling you now, you take my number and I'll take yours. I'm going to be a black. This way was like, yo, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be a man of my word. I'm going to bring you up there. He said, give me a month. He said, if I could, I'll bring you up there tomorrow, but give me a month. I'm like, all right. So I ain't think of another, you know what I'm saying? I'm back to work the next day because I know I'm getting laid off in a couple of days. Tell my dog that work up in the IT department, like, yo, I met Sway last night. He's like, yo, you don't know what's about to happen for you, bro. You over here talking about you magic, firing you. We ain't supposed to be here in the first place. I'm like, all right, we going to see. I go back to my desk. Rich Nice had called me. Like, yo, we was talking about you on the radio today. We bring you up a little bit faster than we thought. So, you know, I was sitting back probing because I was in the process of, you know, coming out to Florida to fuck on my homies anyway, how I always do. And the dude really called me about two weeks before I was about to skate out of here. And, you know, I did that whole radio freestyle and shit. No disrespect to the producer. You know, I, I fuck with my nigga A+. Plus, but that, put, that beat was doodle. <laughs> and I ain't care. Like, it was the opportunity. And I was going to let the world know I rap, I rap to a motherfucking teardrop. If you let me, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just did what I did. I, I did what I did in Bernie fashion. You know, I always throw a little joke in there when I'm freestyling and let niggas know I'm freestyling, you know? And, and it went like that. And it's just been history ever since. I, 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 I can count how many times I've been in Brooklyn since that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's actually inspiring to hear, too, because, like, you're thinking, like, yeah, this guy ain't going to call me and stuff like that. But for, like, to him to be, like, when bring you up a little bit faster than expected, too, it's like, wow, man. It's like, yo, I got something with this. So that's, like, that lets you know right there. Did that let, did that let you know right there that you had something? John, never forget that day, man. Like, it was, he called me up on, like, a on a Thursday. I was at my uncle's studio at the time. Matter of fact, yeah, I was at my uncle's studio. I was flat, but just just chilling. And I got that call like about eleven thirty that night. Like, yo, you ready to come up tomorrow? I'm like, yeah. I ain't got no haircut or nothing. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming up tomorrow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Call my young bro, Jay Guardia up. Yo, Jay, it's time to go, bro. Been waiting for this our whole life. Let's go. You know, only nigga that need to be up there with me, my nigga. And I took my little brother Jay Guardia up there because I felt he needed to see that shit. We went up there. And did the damn thing, my nigga. Shout out to Neek Buck. Shout out to my nigga Gashi. All of that, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the ultimate blessing was when I walked, when I finished that freestyle, the most surreal shit to me is the, and from the artist that I am and the influence that I took on, when I turned around, Earth and Fire was standing there. Oh, jeez. And me and my bro, Jay Guardi, went it. I never turned to a fan in my life. And when I met Earth, Wind, and Fire, I couldn't do nothing but just jump up and down, screaming, Earth, Wind, and Fire, say, oh, my God, and just grabbed them and hugged them. Like, oh, wow, like, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it was just crazy. I, like, I, I can't never, I think about that day so much. You know what I'm saying? Anytime I think about throwing a towel in with this shit, it's like, nah, we can't do that. Earth, Wind, and Fire, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and then plus, yo, you you on sway in the morning, like you know, you know how big sway in the morning. That's a good look, like that. And that video that got a lot of views too. I I, I peeped that video today and the other day. I was like, yo, this shit fire right here. Man, I've been I've been touring ever since. I've been on the road doing my own tours and my own shows. And the label team thing music group has been launched as an LLC and an official business due to that situation right there. You no, know, we ain't been playing with this shit ever since. 
So, um, as we get into that too, um, would you say your first official EP really? Because you got a lot of EPs. I won't front on that. I'm surprised no one. I mean, I was, and, and, and the EPs just came about this year. Like, I always wanted to do them, but I always was kind of like skeptical about doing them. Because I, I, like, since 2007, I've been dropping mixtapes for like 20 tracks and better. Freestyles, yeah. all that, whatever you want. So it was like to do the mixtapes and condense all those thoughts into the short project, it was, it was, it was a good experience for me. Okay, so before we get into those EPs too, let's say like during your mixtape days, like after Sway in the Morning too, let's say like, what was the mixtape you released after that interview? I mean, sorry, after that freestyle on Sway in the Morning. Well, right after that, right, like, like literally after that, I was in, when I did the Sway in the Morning uh, situation, I was actually in the process of working on this project with my guy, with my guy Ryan Keys. He's a producer from Kalamazoo, Michigan that raps and everything. But he had told me he kind of was getting tired of rap and he was going to go back to music school or trying to find some other shit. So he had threw me a bunch of beats. And I was working on that project. But, you know, not even to be funny, one of my homies, like, after the Sway in the Morning shit, he was like, yo, we should do some other shit with your music now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's getting bigger than us. And, um, that's how I came up with the whole Stone Life project. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just sat down one day, ate some fucking mushrooms. And the next morning, I just woke up and went to the studio and just recorded a whole project like I heard it in my head so I had dropped Stoner Life and I went on like a Stoner Life tour of like eight different cities like wherever I could pull up and get on the mic or pull up and just spread the word of the music I was doing that off of that project and I did that for like two years after that from like 2015 2017 I was just pushing 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 just two projects before that I think I put out too much music and it wasn't getting the right response so I just focused on pushing one project and one brand and everything fully, you know what I'm saying? And that, that, that helped me a lot. And that's how I ended up growing to the EPs because Stone of Life was my first EP, you know? Oh, so that makes sense why you threw it up on your band camp. Yeah, and it also was my first time putting out a physical project in about five years because from 2007 to all the way to 2010, 2011, I was on the streets with it. My first mixtape, I had five, I pressed up 5,000 copies. We and DJ on point had a mixtape called Brooklyn Gangster, my, friend, my very first mixtape. So I was a kid printing up 5,000 copies or 1,000 copies and selling shit for a dollar. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. So that's how I started. And like I just like I said, I condensed that all to a smaller project. And when I had stopped putting out the physical products, when I came back with the Stoner Life repackaged with the Diddy Pack and everything, and you know, I got my graphic arts uh, background and everything, I, I just repackaged myself a big release party and everything right on in the hood and it was just crazy you know the response was crazy and ever since then I've just been able to like not only do the digital thing but also still the, the physical copies and it's kind of like the mixtape grind I'm used to from back in the day when I was grinding and grinding on the corner just trying to get the mixtapes out there you know what I'm saying oh, I'm curious K-Bird what was uh, high school like for you <laughs> um, high school was, was very I didn't take full advantage of the access to the resources that I had in my high school. I went to a very prestigious high school. I went to the high school of art and design. Um, like Mark Echoes has went there. Uh, Ralph Lauren has went there. Um, if you're from the hip hop world, I'm sure you know Prodigy and, and, and Havoc. Both they, they met in art and design. Mark Deep met in art and design. You know what I'm saying? Farrell uh, Marsh went to my school. I went to school with ASAP Ferg. That was he's two years younger than me. I remember ASAP Ferg coming into art design, and I remember his name before he was ASAP Ferg. You know what I'm saying? So high school was very fun. I met a totally 
don't even know. Like, it was a plethora of, of the type of people that I met in that population. But it was like it was really fast. I was heavy in the gang banging. I had just discovered going out of town getting money. Like I had got locked up for a gun and fucked up my baseball scholarship. Like high school was just a whole roller coaster for me. But it was the best time of my life, and it taught me so much. You know what I'm saying? I was able to just venture out and not be confined to Brooklyn being in high school because I went to high school in Manhattan. You know what I'm saying? So it just opened up the whole New York City and state to me. Yeah, because usually high school, it's either what makes or breaks you. That's what I say. You know what's funny? A lot of people went through that in high school. I went through that shit in, in seventh grade. Like, my little brother had got killed. He had got ran over by a truck when I was 12 years old. You know what I'm saying? I, I, and I'm sure that's what kind of pushed me toward the rapping. You know what I'm saying? Because I had to release that tension some kind of way. I was, like, already gang-banging and shit. You know, I, I went through a lot in junior high school. You know what I'm saying? I think what a lot of dudes went through in junior high school kind of overrides what they go through in high school if they really, really was the zone and deal with themselves right in there. Because I was wilding. I was having sex at 12 years old. I, I shot myself in the hand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All kind of shit. So, so like, what, what a lot of dudes went through in high school, I already been there and done that. Like, you know, the only thing that works for me in high school was to either, you know, get killed or get locked up. Luckily, I didn't get killed. I went to juvie and never went back. You know what I'm saying? So that was a blessing in disguise as well. You know? Yeah. And it also just, like, taught you, too, how to move better, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I come from downtown Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I grew up two blocks from Biggie Smalls. So, like, I watched these guys get signed and I watched these guys get locked up and I watched these guys run from the cops and I watched these guys hang out with Tupac. You know what I'm saying? So I've seen the right way to move and how to conduct myself and I think that helped me also navigate my way through this game because I was fucking up for a while, man. And would you say too, like being from like being born in the 80s too, like what's your, what's your views on like People born in like ninety one disrespecting the legends because I can't stand when people like like people like my age be doing that. It just makes us look bad. Well, you know, I'm an eighties baby. I was born in like I was born in eighty six. And anybody that's from the eighties or anybody that, like I know y'all young guys out there that's listening, you know, or the older dudes or any of you internet niggas, y'all watch these documentaries and y'all probably get a vibe of what the eighties was like, especially in New York City. But you had to have been there. You had, like, like in the 80s, everybody stuck together. There was no division. You know what I'm saying? Like, the 80s was fucked up. Graffiti everywhere, trade dogs, killings, robberies, all kind of shit. But the, the, the sense of community and the sense of respect was there. Like, I don't see guys helping old ladies take their bags up the steps. You know what I'm saying? I used to see, I used to see the guys that was the local drug dealers and shit. When the old ladies come by, or the older women in my neighborhood come by with bags, they stop what they're doing and go grab them bags and help them up the steps. You know what I'm saying? I don't see that no more. So I think a lot of, of the morals and values of the 80s lost. And that's why, you know, you may you may feel the way you feel towards the, 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 the kids of the 90s, but I don't really feel that way towards the kids of the 90s. And I guess it's because I got brothers that age, and I kind of understand where they come from. But, you know, I, the disrespect towards the legends, it, it's kind of a two-way street because... Being 32 years old, I'm, uh, I feel I'm right dead smack in the middle. You know what I'm saying? And I see, like, I, 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 can, I can understand how a lot of the younger dudes feel like the legends disrespect them. You know what I'm saying? So it's a two-way street. And that's, that, 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 that's one of those great areas, I think, that has um, 
as a community, we got to really sit down and address that shit the right way. Because uh, we can't just blame the, the, the young guys out there. You know what I'm saying? They, they, we didn't teach them. You know what I'm saying? You know, OC from Digging in the Crate said the same thing when I asked him that question. Yo, shout out to DITC. I'm so happy to see them doing their thing right now. I feel like the kid again watching all these young rap, like these young dudes gravitate towards the older rap groups that was out when I was a kid. Like, yeah, listen to that. That's that shit right there. <laughs> yo, that's the shit that I love, I love right there, man. I love that night. I love it, yo. I love it. And I just was talking to Sticky Fingers and I was telling them about that shit. Like, yo, I love it. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I was cu- was curious too. Um, when you when you were coming up too, so let's like fast forward to two thousand eighteen too. When you really got on your grind too, um, Kilo, Kilo Dreams EP. That was your first release of two thousand eighteen. Yeah, that was my first two thousand eighteen release. And um, you, you put out uh, cassettes with that um release too. I seen. What inspired that? Um, say that again. Okay. What inspired the cassettes with that release, too? Because, like, um, the one that... My, well, actually, it's my most favorite project from you is Infamous Villains. But we'll get into that after. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Oh, no oh well, maybe trying to cassettes was just trying a different format, you know? And I wanted to bring it back. I wanted to give people something that was, like, physical, a physical piece of history. Like, you know, the CD's cool and everything, but you know, I, knew, I knew that putting the cassettes, I was going to raise some eyebrows and turn some heads. And it was just cool. It was something cool. I never designed a, a, a cassette cover before. It was a challenge to myself. I had to, I had to do all my graphics on my phone. 2018, my fucking computer got broke, and all of that shit. But you know, just just to go through that whole process of putting out kilo dreams is like dope. And it's just like you know what? This needs to be a cassette. This is a historic tape. I know the blood, sweat, and tears that I put into that tape. I wanted to just try something different, bro. Man, I was going to say it too, because that project goes hard, but as we're coming to your second one, um, would you say Ballad of Goldie, that was your second yeah. release, yeah. Of second of 2018? Yeah. Um, Ballad of Goldie is actually my personal favorite project that I did for myself, you know, because it was inspired by one of my favorite movies, Master the Mac, you know what I'm saying? The, the, my, one of my older cousins introduced me to that movie, The Mac, when I was about eight years old. I just fell in love with that movie ever since. I was going to say, that had a very good, like, that movie kind of vibe to that, too. Like, when I listen to the song, like, The Come Up, or, like, even, like, the or even Fuck the Neighbors, too, with Rome Streets. I was like, yo, man. I was like, I was like yo, this guy really knows his lane. I mean, you know what it was, honestly? I studied Curtis Mayfield when I was, like, I really, really studied Curtis Mayfield, and, I like, I really watched the whole making of uh, Superfly, like, the score. So I understood what a movie score was versus a soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? When I when I was selecting a beast from Ballad of Goldie, I was like, a lot of that stuff from Ballad of Goldie could have made it to Kilo Dreams just because the beast was hot, but it did not fit Kilo Dreams. You know what I'm saying? And I wanted to just make something that was cinematic, something that was just, well, I think Ballad of Goldie might be one of those projects that you could pop on 20 years from now. Like, oh, who is this dude? You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to definitely do that. And I'm... I'm, I'm I live, I live for black exploitation movies. Like I live, I live for them shit. It was just so dope for me to do that. And I felt like Curtis Mayfield in the booth. I, mean, I don't give a fuck what nobody say. I don't love hearing his name. I'm Curtis Mayfield a rap. <laughs> Dead serious. Want the soundtrack? I'll add them. I'll give you the movie score. Right, but, hey, go listen to Battle of Goldie. It's big facts. 
appreciate that, Lo. <laughs> right, anytime, my G. Um, so, uh, and then, like, um, the historians, too. Is um, all the beats by the historians on that project? Oh. Yo, those first two projects is, 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 is honestly all historian. Like, I was, like, caught in the world with the historians just, and the crib vibe and all that, the new crib and shit. I was just getting used to my crib and I was smoking every day, bumping the beats. And I called my bro Steady. I'm like, yo, I got some heat. Let's get this shit rolling. I ain't going in 2018 on no music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I ain't dropped nothing. Dropped one song in 2017. And it went from me dropping a certain amount of tapes every year to me just focusing on business and dropping one song and making sure I put the label on tour. But I had to come back hard 2018. I, I, wanted, I wanted to prove something to myself. So. Now, uh, for your third release, too, um, is it Red Rum or a Stone, or did you re-release a Stone and Life EP at your third release? All right, so a Stone and Life EP had to be re-released because I was waiting for a verse on Roll Street. I'm <laughs> 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 like, yo, Roll, I want to drop this shit on 420, my nigga. Because like, every time I always do something on 420, when I, when I drop the first, the very first Stone and Life is on 420, so that's why I always try to keep that formal up and don't confuse the fans. But Rome had something going on. He couldn't make that date. And he was like feeling so bummed about it. I'm like, nah, I'm going to push it back. You're going to do some shit. Nigga, I'm going to drop two tapes in, in 10 days. Fuck it. Niggas ain't never do it before. I'm going to do it. And I said, you know what? Let me re-release Battle of the Gold. And I was sitting on a great song with one of the, with an artist that really, really inspired me to even pick up the pen even harder. And he's like an older brother to me. So I wanted to put that song out there so the people could hear that. I just re-released it. We packaged it, made a new cover right quick in the whole nine yards. Like, y'all putting that shit on physical again. Whatever, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? And that's how that came about. So that was the third tape. But it, I, I count that as a tape because that's a release. Yeah. But that wasn't the third tape in particular. But it, can't, it had to come out. I didn't want to keep the fans waiting. I gave them battle. I mean, I gave them stone of life and shit. Just the whole, just the holy horse with the 10 more days. <laughs> Red <laughs> Rum was coming, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then as we're going on to Red Rum, yep. Red Rum 2, that's on Louis Redbag with Mac P. Oh my God, that's fire right there. Oh uh, man, I, that song right there probably was the beginning of a, a new era between things. I was going to say that. I had, I was gonna say that because, like, that was that you um that was the first project that you actually introduced Mac P. You know, at the time, Mac wasn't even TSMG. Me and Mac was just building every day. Like the conversation was just growing and growing and growing and growing. It was, it was getting deeper than music. You start talking about like religion and, and, and fucking architecture and art. Like, me and Mac talk about all kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? And you no. Know, I was like, yo, we gotta get a song in, bro. I wanna put you on, on this tape, my nigga. Like, you need to be heard from the world. You know what I'm saying? I got a little momentum. Let's throw you on there. Hopefully, that shit'll help you do something, my nigga. And he just wanted whatever. And me and him charted on the Somniac magazine. Like, wow. Big fan. We didn't see that coming. We didn't see that coming. We just wanted to get one in. And you know, I'm a businessman at all times. You know what I'm saying? When there's good business there, I want in. And I sat down and explained to Matt what I was trying to do with the label. And I explained to him this round table that we got. And I explained to him the role that I think he could bring him to this table and I'll explain to them also what I think I can do for him that I would want to do for him. And it was like, yo, let's make it happen. He made it happen. It wasn't even nothing to talk about. He was like, yo, let's do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So ever since then, Mac put that TF on his neck, man. It had been a fucking problem in the game <laughs> ever since then, man. Yeah, because when I interviewed Mac, uh, but um, he's, he went number one on Insomniac magazine, but you know, 
It's all about, it's all about yo, let me tell y'all something about Mac P, yo. Y'all hearing it from me. My boy don't do nothing but top three. When Mac drop, everybody stop. <laughs> Dead serious. When Mac drop, the globe stops spinning. You heard it from Bernie. That's my favorite rapper right there. <laughs> Dead serious, yo. That's Noah. Uh, that's Noah. Real for real. And big, big shout out to Noah for putting me on the Mac P right there. Kobe yo, shout story. out to my nigga Noah. Yo, Norm, that's another thing, too, man. I gotta stop asking me if Norm team thing. Norm is my motherfucking brother. That's Matt D, brother. What you think, nigga? Yeah, he here. He here. Yeah, there's a bunch of gangers around the world. I'm sitting in the car with two team thing niggas right now. Y'all never heard of. <laughs> we a virus, my nigga. We everywhere. He a fucking virus. Oh, we'll hear from those other two guys soon in the future, though, I'm sure. Yo, I'm right here. Shout out to my nigga, YSE Trey. YSE word, I'm right here, Tampa Bay, Florida. Right now, we ain't here for Bay. Sliding through the motherfucking bitty. Doing what we do. You know what I'm saying? I get love everywhere. All over the map. Every corner. In the corner, building, you can't go to a pull-up. I pull up to any projects in the world. And I kill in the building. You know what I'm saying? And then as we come back to uh, Red Rum, too. Um, all the beats by... Bl um, Bl I don't want to say his name wrong. Yeah, Blood Blixen. All right, shout out to Blood Blixen and that, that whole tape. Shout out to the homie Blood Blixen, yeah. And then um, as we come to my absolutely most favorite, like this is like this shit gets like rotation all the time. I had to download it from YouTube, right? Because, <laughs> but yo, I, I, I'm going to get to the bag. I got to get my bank camp sorted out. For some reason, it won't let me fucking sync my PayPal. Um, the bank's up in Canada. Fucked. Um, Don't worry about it. I'll send you a, I'm, I'm going to send you a download code after this. I got you. Oh, I appreciate I you. that, guy. Uh, because, yeah. um... Take the whole catalog on me. Oh, I appreciate that, my guy. That's that's love right there. The the track yes, sir. the track that made me a fan though was uh Trevor's Rico. That track right there is like my absolutely favorite track by you right there. Wow, I deeply appreciate that. I think I think that song might have went over niggas' heads. I really appreciate really? you for that. Damn. Yeah, because me and me the, the angle that me and Magno came with that track, you know what I'm saying? It, you got a picture a kid walking on the block. I'm the bad influence, and, and Magnum's is, is a positive influence, and that kid got to listen to what we saying and make a decision on how you want to live his life. You know what I'm saying? That's how that song is, and that's one of the most important songs to me, but I know it kind of slips through the cracks. But I really appreciate you even, like, fucking with that. That's mind-blowing, bro. Yeah, that was the song that made me a fan right there. I was like, yeah, right there. I was like, yeah, I fucks with K-Burns. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. Shout out to my boy Magno. Shout out to my nigga Vinyl Villain. Oh yeah, we'll get into that too because that was your fifth release of uh, 2018. How did um, you um, come together with Vinyl Villain for that project, sir? I'm curious. Oh, I, I ain't scared to holler at a nigga. I like your work. I holler at you. I'm, I'm a very big fan of Vinyl Villain. I was one of yo V. V is one of my favorite. Like, like V might be one of my favorite producers I've worked with. Honestly, man, a lot of you like working with Vinyl was nothing less than a pleasure. That might have been the easiest project I ever did in my life. Working with vinyl was like, it was like chewing gum. That's how simple it was, you know? He knew exactly what I wanted to go in and do. He gave me enough beats to pick from. I told him what I was trying to do. He was with it. And that kind of like shocked me because being a fan of music and just knowing the game, you know, I'm watching Vinyl Villain like, he's not going to fuck with no K-Burns. And he did. It was like, wow. You know, that was, that was amazing. I didn't think Magno was going to fuck with K-Burns. You know what I'm saying? I ain't think Smooth was going to fuck with Kenny Burns, you know, Kenny Gubber, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I love that project a lot because of what it did for me. And that was actually my first time I sold out. And went, I sold that 
That album sold out in, in two hours, physically. Yeah, see, because they gravitate, I, I'm telling you, they gravitate towards that. I thing. never, I, I don't know what happened, but all I know is I remember telling them about second, I think I'm going to drop the pre-orders for the physicals now. And I told them, I'm going to give I'm gonna give you half of that, bro. I'm going to send you that. I said, bad man, I'm going to be driving in these country, country backstreet. Oh, yeah, okay, I was just going to say hey, that. When I dropped that project, yeah, it goes in and out like that. But when I, when I did that project, it was like the, the tide shift, it shifted for me. Yeah, because uh, you got to... Blogs start picking me up. Everything just start happening a lot faster. Shit happened too fast after Infamous Villains, actually. Yeah, because you got a cassette release by my guy Trevor Lane. That's a good look for you right there. Yeah, Trevor's my... Yo, Trevor, shout out to Trevor Lane, too. Like, I don't think we really realize how influential Trevor is to what you know, a lot of independent artists are doing. He helps out a lot. He's a great instrument in the game right now. Yeah, that, that dude right there knows his music right there. Plus, that the other two. So, like, I'm curious, too. Did you keep um, a physical copy of each release that you ever did? Yeah, I got every shot. I got my own personal collection. Like, if you look at the pictures of my pop, I'm, I'm taking that picture with my arms out. It's the thing I did over the whole 12 months. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was dope. And, like, a lot of people don't know. Trevor did the, uh, I had did the mock, the mock-up of the cover Infamous Villains but I needed that probably to look a certain way and I, like I said I ain't have photographs what I did on my phone I made a, I made a mention cover on my phone and I said to Trevor like, Yo, you can nail this for me he was like no problem and nailed the cover so everything worked out perfect and then um, because like that project right there like how did you pick the cover the cover for that project well that whole concept the concept of Infamous Villains you know I'm a big Robert De Niro fan you know what I'm saying so I was, like, I was going, damn, somebody got shot. That shit locked on, hell yeah. But, um, yeah, I was doing, I was, I was watching fucking Goodfellas one day, and I'm like, yo, why nobody never zoned in on, like, Robert De Niro's character? Like, you find nobody never zoned in on Jimmy Conway, you know what I'm saying? So I wanted to do that, you know what I'm saying? Like, Jimmy Conway's an Irish fucking gangster that ain't take no shit that the mob had to respect. You know what I'm saying? And I, I was like, yo, I, I want him on the cover, and I was just picturing... Chasing, uh, I, I had a, a vision of like you know, in the, on the back of the cover, it's a, it's a picture of him holding uh, the young Henry and the young Tommy when they was busting up the cigarettes and shit. You know what I'm saying? They kind of just gave me that feeling about me chasing Mac. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was like, for real, for real. So I was like, yo, that's that's me chasing Mac right there. And I got Infamous Villains two coming, so y'all niggas watch out for that. Yeah, this is coming. All right, that's gonna be fire. Yeah, that's going to be fire. <laughs> that's going to be fire. Y'all got to wait for it, though, but it's coming. And then we get into your sixth release, uh, uh, Biddy Boys. Uncle Lowe's was having a Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, Biddy Boys. I was talking to my uncle just now. I ain't seen him all day. Oh, my bad. Um, and uh, um, So Biddy Boys is your sixth release of uh, 2018? Correct. Now, um, what made you want to do a joint project with Fetty? Well, me and Studies. Steady is, like, what a lot of people don't know about that, like, Steady is actually the guy that saved my life. If it wasn't for Steady, I probably would have been dead or in jail. I have no problem understanding that because I met Steady when I was fresh out of juvie and I was rapping and shit, so he always was behind me. And then, like, you know, as he seen my rap career grow and he was doing his thing, you know, he used to come together and just get a world little tracks here and there. But we both were living in Florida at one time, and we was like, yo, let's make a group. Let's make a super group for the, for the label. Let's do some shit that the game ain't doing. You know, some nut and nut shit. So we was, we dubbed ourselves the Biddy Boys, being from New York City, and you don't say nothing with a C. So 
projects at Fetty's house. And Fetty's recording, recording every song that I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? He mix and mastering. He helping me find his sound. And Eddie had reached out to do some a project with me. And I was going to, like, Eddie sent me a whole tape of the beats. And when I heard it, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. But then when I really sat down and listened to it, I said, yo, this is the sound that me and Fetty looking for for the Bitty Boys. I'm not going to be selfish and just, because I got all this momentum, I'm going to just keep dropping these projects by myself. I think that's a good look for Fetty to put him out there in that light. Because no, Fetty's more so, he, if I'm an introvert, Fetty's even more of an introvert. He don't really fuck with niggas like that. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to like, use that platform that I was building to get my brother that, that same light and that same shine that I was. And it was just dope because we had bought Eddie Word in the Team Stain Music Group and we was a full label. So that was like a really, really personal release for all of us. And it was just dope to put that whole shit together the way we did. I'm going to say that CD fire. No, I appreciate that. And it actually, like, a lot of people don't know, we recorded that shit the night it was a Red Moon. Oh, so y'all did That's that why the cover's that Red Moon, you know what I'm saying? That's why when you get the CD, it's the Red Moon, you know what I'm saying? Because I was going to say, that, that that makes sense why you guys have such good chemistry, chemistry. Because when I listen to, like, Living Is Fast, I'm like, I was wondering, I'm like, I wonder if these guys grew up together. Oh, man, what, man? I remember when I first met Steady, man. Because I, I rollerblade, you know what I'm saying? I, like, Fetty's a pro fucking rollerblader. Like, he's a pro, like, he do shit that niggas can't do. Like, my son do 900s, 1080s, double backflips, all that shit. It's for fun, you know what I'm saying? And Fetty is one of five of my favorite skaters, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I've, studied, I've studied him in detail so much. <laughs> it's not even funny, you know what I'm saying? Like, how he move, how he deal with people on the streets, how he demand his respect. All of that, that can get from me, that comes from Fetty. My business savvy, that comes from Fetty. The way I sit down and I'm detailed about things and I take my time and I learn things from scratch and don't try to skip a process, I learned that from Fetty. You know what I'm saying? And that's why that's my big bro. And he's sitting right where he's sitting at with his feet up, doing good, living good. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he put some young niggas in the right position in life and I'm one of them. And I'm going to make sure my bro be good regardless. I like how, like, with the whole concept, too, like, you guys recorded that on a Red Moon, too, and you guys decided to include that with the CDs and, and the, on the actual cover, too. Yo, you know what's funny, right? Because that night we sitting in the room, and Fetty live in the Bronx, so I'm going all the way to the Bronx from Brooklyn to record all this music, and I'm in the projects with Fetty. Fetty lives in Carlton Hines' building. All of y'all that know who the great, the great Kingpin Carlton Hines from the Bronx, yeah, Fetty lives in his building. You know what I'm saying? So... It was just the energy, and then we looking outside. I'm like, yo, you know it's a red moon tonight? And study like, wow, that's why we knocking the tape out the way we doing. We had our beers and our shit and all of that. So when I did the cover for the shit, I was like, yo, I, I, I gotta put that red moon on there from that night. I remember that night so vividly, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to my boy Burr. He was in the building with us, keeping us in the zone, but I was half asleep that night. <laughs> I was tired as a motherfucker. But we got it done. We got it done. And that's then, another thing, too. <clears throat> all these takes are recorded. 48 hours before they came out. Oh, what? That's what niggas don't know. Like, I'm not in the studio all day. I just built my studio in December, bro. You know what I'm saying? I gotta do what I gotta do as a parent. I gotta do what I gotta do as a brother. I gotta do what I gotta do as a big homie. I gotta do what I gotta do as a, as a CEO. I gotta do what I gotta do as a man. So to, to do all of that, I gotta find, I still gotta find that window of opportunity to go create. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of these projects when y'all was getting them, they was mixed down 48 to 28, 24 hours before that. I was going to say, do you sleep, bro? Nah. 
structurally. Uh, big facts. Big, no sleep game. Yeah, no sleep balance. You know that. Um, and then as we come up to... See, now that I have interaction with you too, it makes sense why your EP, you can release like a ton of EPs for 2018 because you have a lot to say, obviously. Yo, I appreciate that. I mean, I've been through some shit and I just feel like, you know, I got a story that somebody want to hear and if I don't put it out there, I ain't going to know where people are. Hey man, just let, hey man, like you said, like, cause like, okay, you know the Matrix, obviously, we'll get into Pirate, your seventh release in a minute though, but, um, you know, you, um, you know, um, the movie The Matrix, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, like, the, the Oracle, right? Yeah. Okay, I look at Norm as the Oracle, because this guy right here, he's like the Oracle of the Matrix right here. This guy be putting me on to people who I didn't even know existed. And then, when I, he put me on to Kai, he put me on to you, he put me on to Mac P, he put me on to Adonis. Like, I can go on about the ton of people that Norm put me on yeah, to. Yo, just the list that you just named, that shit is bone chilling to even be in that list with those niggas, yo. Like, do you know how much I love Brownsville Kai? <laughs> Bernie in the same conversation with Kyle. That's crazy, yo. <laughs> That's crazy. Yo, Norm is a great human being. I don't think people really... I think, and especially in the social media world and stuff, they take you for a screening. And people see that. They don't see you, the person. Like, I've sat down and I look Norm dead in his eyes. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's something in that Baltimore water, man. Because these are the most genuine dudes I've met. And about in the last five years, like they so passionate about what they believe in, and they promote that shit to the fullest, man. That's what you get when you get Norm regular. You know, to all you guys out there that might see Norm showing y'all love online, and y'all might ignore my dude. There's no, you know, he ain't trusting that shit. He threw that shit out the love of his heart, but that's who Norm is. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what makes Norm Norm. He's normal when he's regular, but he's an extraordinary dude with two actions. And big shout-out to Norm, man. He's just always a text away. Shout-out to my dog, Norm, man. That's the Oracle right there. I consider him. Norm, what up, man? Put that TF on your neck, man. <laughs> Yo, shout-out to the Corner Boys, too, man. For real. Shout-out. Y'all gonna know. Y'all gonna hear about the Corner Boys. Shout-out to the Corner Boys, man. Hey, um, I was curious, too, because um, I have a good ear for collaborations, too. I think that uh, Mac, you, and Norm would make, a, like, a crazy three-way murder group, man. That shit would be out of this world, man. People would flock towards that group. Yo, so many people have told me that. I mean, I've had, I've had, and I'm not going name job, I've had bloggers come to me. Like, yo, y'all gotta get together. I've had regular fans on Twitter that we know, yo, come to me, yo, y'all need to get together. I've had producers come. Yo, y'all need to get together. I've had some of my associated rappers that I've fucked with. Yeah, y'all gotta get together. You don't have to make that happen sometime soon because I keep hearing this shit. Uh, like I said, uh, yo, Norm, uh, Norm always got my support. So, yo, anything I can do to help, yo, just, yeah, let me put in, uh, let me know and I'll put in the word. Yo, I ain't gonna lie, man. That project was fifth. That Norm dropped. Oh, man. Oh, out. man. I came like three tracks, like right out the blue right before Class 99, too. I was like, yo, Norm, let's knock that interview out we've been talking about for a bit. Yo, Norm, I don't know what the hell. Norm, yo, look, that, that, that project was mind-blowing. That's all I can say, man. Like, I, I, I didn't see that one coming. And I'm, and I'm watching Norm, and he hit me with a level. <laughs> I was like, yo, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? It was dope. And then um, as we come back to, uh, shout-out to Norm, too, man. I know you're listening, my guy. Um, shout-out to my guy, Norm. 
as we come back to uh, your seventh release of uh, 2018. Like, damn, you've been on the go, man. Uh, the song that um, probably might... <clears throat> it's not on my most favorite project, because my most favorite project is Infamous Villains, but my second most favorite song from you is Nitro. Wow. Wow. Shout out to Uncle Tim, because we couldn't come up with a title for that. <laughs> I'll let Tim name it. <laughs> Um, I appreciate that. Right. I really appreciate that. Um, do you have a lot of like? Do you always name your own songs, or sometimes like, is it hard to name some of your own songs? Um, you know, it's funny. I'm having that problem right now with this, with this album on Bernieville. Like, just naming the song perfectly, and I think I'm being too hard on myself. You know what I'm saying? But that's you get to that. But when you know, when naming the song, I let it come natural. Like, usually, what I'm thinking, whatever the concept is in my head that I'm trying to grasp, just to not throw the fans off. That's what I, I try to find a way to name the song within that. Because I used to make some wacky ass names for songs on some Earl Sweatshirt shit, like Ass Milk and shit like that. <laughs> Fuck bitch. <laughs> well, I, and then, like you said, too, because um, Pirate's Vision, too, um, when you posted that cassette, that cassette um, with all of them, too, I'm like, damn, man, like. Salute to somebody trying to make a positive change in their life, too. Because, like, man, like that's all legal work right there, man. That's all cassettes right there, my G. I mean, I got an LLC. I got to produce. I got to produce some kind of some kind of product, you know? We got we can't just be saying we're doing something and we're not doing it. We're going we to live by what we say we are, you know? Um, we've also, too, um, when was the first time that you ever did a vinyl release for one of your projects? I'm curious. Well, the first time I experimented with vinyls was when I uh, did Kilo Dreams. I pressed up four. Because I noticed, like, the, the, the markup for the vinyls was so high. Those are selling vinyls for $70, $100. I'm like, nobody's buying my vinyl for that price. But when I posted it, you know, a couple of them sold. I only had four, so I had to, like, pull it down and keep a copy for myself and keep a copy for the historian. Oh, okay. So I experimented right there. But... When I did Infamous Villains, I said, I want this on the vinyl. This is Vinyl Villain, and it's going on vinyl. <laughs> that's it, and that's all. And I ended up doing, like, half clear and half colored. So I, I like, it, it, it was just something different. It, my grandma was, like, bugging off of that. Like, wow, you got a vinyl. You got a 45. She didn't even call it a 7X. My grandmother said, you got a 45. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> it's like, grandma knows what this is. Yeah, my grandma... It's over for 45. You don't call him that no more. <laughs> but she got the picture. And it was, it, it's cool. Sometimes I look at those vinyls and I just bug out. Like, yeah, I don't believe I really did this shit. I'm bugging the hell out. And then as you come back, uh, you, you had an amazing uh, 2018. I'm surprised no one came out and reached out for an interview with you, K-Burns, because like some of those projects, oh. man, are absolutely fire. Yo, I'm honored that, that you got the first interview and we doing it over phone and we doing it Verbally, like, and we're not doing some whack. You sent me some pre-made questions. You know, we building off general healthy conversation. Yeah, I never understood that written interview thing. I mean, I guess the written interviews is cool. I've done them. I've done them. I can honestly say that. But like, you don't get. But you don't get to hear like the actual person, like the sincerity in the actual person. And the yeah, you can't hear the passion in my voice. You don't hear me laughing. Like I can type LOL all day, but you won't really get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, too. Or, like, they, or you never know when you send them in, like, the guy mispronounced, like, something that you said. It's like, yo, I didn't mean it like that. Right, and I think a lot of things could be read the wrong way. You know, like, you know how you read a text from somebody and they say, 
fuck out of here. And he's saying it in a joking matter. You take it the wrong way. Like they tell me to get the fuck out of here with yourself. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of things, too. Like, a lot of people don't realize, too. It's like, um, I asked this question to terminology, too, but I'm more curious because you're from that era, too. Um, the Double XL, the Source magazines, like Vibe magazines, Scratch magazines. What did that era. Man, fuck Vibe magazine. Fuck <laughs> Vibe magazine. Fuck Vibe magazine. I said it three times for a reason. Vibe magazine is the reason that the world thought it was an East Coast, West Coast war. Fuck Vibe magazine. I saw Tupac on Biggie Block. Ain't no fucking East Coast, West Coast war. Fuck magazines. And fuck Vibe. They keep a lot of bullshit going. The, the goddamn fans. Replace the magazine. They keep shit going. I don't think Vibe's around anymore. <laughs> they should, none of them should be around. Fuck Vibe. And Vibe don't gotta be around because the damage that Vibe cause lingers on to this fucking day. Yeah, that's big facts, right? Um, so, like, fuck Vibe, but those other ones magazine, like, um, having a Five Mike album, what did that, like, mean to you? Like, seeing, like, an artist, like, a Hove or, like, a Raekwon get a Five Mike album? I mean, those are the guys that deserve five mics. Would you consider... Dickie got five mics. He deserves five mics. Pop got five mics. He deserves five mics. When do you think the Source magazine died off with the mic rating? Because the last, um, the last uh, five I mic think, album... I think we all in agreement. The world is in agreement that the, the, the rating of the, of the mics got tainted when the owner of the Source gave himself five mics. Oh yeah, that yeah, that redemption. That was not a five. Yeah, he gave himself that, four. Yeah. And, and and then Zeno do his thing. I always like you can't take away what Zeno did for Boston. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you cannot do that. And I will not do that. And I, I got a lot of respect for him even attempting to take on Eminem head up. That was some gangster shit. You know, that was some gangster shit. Yeah. For him to be a man of his stature and at the position that he's at at that prestigious company, for him to put himself in that magazine and give himself five mics or have received five mics in that magazine is going to look funny. And he should have knew better than that. So I think he single-handedly killed the integrity of the five mics and he also, you know, planted the seed for Double XL to come about with the with they bullshit ratings. Because it's all bullshit to me. Yeah. I noticed that too. Like, like I noticed there's no. It's been like, bullshit since then, bro. For real, for real. Like I noticed, like I noticed that too. That's why, like, when I when um, because I flocked to a lot of the underground artists too, and I noticed like before I even started this podcast, before I even knew I wanted to do this, um, there was people like even before I even knew of K Burns, like there was people like a Marv One or like a Bane from like the Fat or Kid Vicious or like. Kid cooking. Wow, Kid Vicious, that's dope. That was my first <laughs> guest. Dope. That was my first guest ever. Um, but um, that's late. Um, but but like I said too, like my resume, I never knew like I would interview a Buckshot or a General Steel or like I don't know. It still fucks me up to this day. But anyway, back to my then. I noticed that a lot of these people, like Double XL Source or like some of these fucking uh, bloggers like Vlad TV or like um, a lot of these blogs weren't showing a love to the underground I'm like and I, and I love listening to interviews I'm like how come no one's giving like these hardcore lyricists out there like real interviews Combat Jack used, Combat Jack care. used to well no 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 Combat Jack used to but R.I.P. to Combat Jack he passed away I mean Combat and Sway was the only ones really like really think about it like who really I mean God bless the dead Megatron 
God bless the dead. You know, I'm not even going to, I can't take away from what Megatron was doing for New York. You know what I'm saying? Megatron had hot 97 from 11 at night to 5 in the morning. Yeah. And he'll spin your shit. If you, if you recognize Megatron in the hood, you acknowledge him and you give him your seat, you're going to spin your shit. You know what I'm saying? So I just think like a lot of, it, it, they've taken the world and turned it to a corporation. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, no big corporation cares about the little mini. You know what I'm saying? Like DJ Vlad is on a big, he, he's a syndicated fucking podcast technically now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I don't... He also the, he also the fags, but we ain't gonna get into that. I was just gonna say, I don't fuck with Vlad. <laughs> yeah, he also, that nigga's the fucking fags. Um, but like I said too, like uh, Sway and um, Combat really influenced me because like, man, because I remember when I had no music and I remember all I had was that little podcast app on my little iPhone 3 and I used to listen to Combat Jack. That's how he found West Side Gun. That's how he found Buckshot. Mm. That's how he found Smith and Wesson. Like all through that, all through all those interviews. Mm. I just that yeah, was crazy because I, like, it's, that's what made me want to do the interview with you. When I saw the, when I saw you had Buckshot up there and I saw you had Still and like these are guys that like you know, I still see these guys in Brooklyn. I just, I got a picture with Steel on my phone. I was doing something one day, and we saw Steel, we ran down on him. It was all love, you know what I'm saying? Um, Buckshot actually lived around the corner for my daughters. I see him all the time. I see Buckshot at least twice a week. So, or whenever he's in the country not, yeah, whenever he's in the country not touring. Like, I don't holler at him or nothing like that, because, like, that's still Buckshot to me. I'll be starstruck. Like, damn, that's Buckshot, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my baby brother that passed away at seven. God bless his dad, my little brother. His favorite rapper was Buckshot. So whenever I see Buckshot, it bring that, that, feeling. that emotion up about my, my baby bro. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, that's BDI right there. You bug it. <laughs> you bug it. That's good to hear that, you know, like, you know, like, people that, you know, that you're starstruck on, you can just say hi to her. Even you got a picture of Steve yeah. because... And let me tell you, when I say starstruck, I don't mean in no fucking dick riding with oh, no, these no. niggas right here. No, I'm talking about whoever's listening. When you see these dudes, right, and, and, and that's how you know when you're a great man. If they don't make you feel like you that little kid again when you met them, get the fuck out of their face and stop wasting their time, man, because them some great dudes that y'all overlooking, man. Real for real. Yeah, for real, for real, too. When when Buck said, uh, just give me a call, I was like, what? I was like, dude, you're Yo. fucking buckshot. Like, I, I was like, uh, I know that shit blew your mind, like, right? Like, whoa. <laughs> Buckshot, you with it? For real, that's dope, yo. God bless for that, man. I, I wish you, I wish you the best with this, with this podcast, bro. I hope you keep this shit going. Oh, I definitely will, man. Because, like I said, man, I don't, I don't do this for the. I never made a dime off this. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the culture. And plus, I enjoy it. I never knew, like, hey, I'll be real with you. I was trying to find my, my, my uh, calling for like last five years. I tried everything from like blocking around to people, like doing dumb shit, fucking photography fucking gaming nothing was clicking but like you know like last year just like that kid vicious interview that really changed my whole life i'm like yo i can i can really do this because it's not like i don't enjoy it man i enjoy this shit every day man every day i wake up i'm like is this shit a dream but like yo i feel like that too i woke up i woke up this morning something like that without everything like, you accomplished too yeah weekend. like just by me and sway I mean, I just, just, I, I had, like, last night, we was riding out, and we going to, we, we going from Tampa to Clearwater, and Clearwater to St. Pete, and all that, we just sliding, we in the hood, and West Tampa, we, places motherfuckers can't be, and I'm just sitting there saying to myself, like, would I be in these places had I not taken that interview this week? 
Like, well, I, I wonder, I really wonder where would I be right now five years later and, had I not did that. And let's get this fact straight, too. Um, I know you said that, how oh, I'm your first interview, but in reality, uh, Sway asked you a couple of questions, so that's technically your first interview. Even if it was like two minutes, that still counts, bro. Yeah, you're absolutely right, but so many people not going to get that interview. You don't get that part of the show. You got to tune in to satellite radio. Like, my daughter had to stay home from school that day, and a mom took off for work. <laughs> Just so they could hear me on the radio. Yeah. Well, that's on YouTube, too, so big facts right there. Yeah. But that was it, but definitely, but you know, this this right here is, why I say this was my first interview, because this is in depth. Nobody's never said, nobody's, nobody ever cared to ask me these many questions or go through the research or a caper. That's why I told you, don't hold back, bro. Ask whatever you want. Yeah, man. That, you don't put a world from there that's why I said I always, always fuck up the real ones too. Um, as we we kind of straight off, but that's good though because I wanted to get the you know real in depth. Um, you came back on top of uh, 2019, where from me to you. Yeah, that was something that I, I could have dropped that tape instead of Keo Dreams. I was holding that. That was in the stash. Oh, you been holding that? Okay, that's on that stash. That shit was in the stash. The whole that been there the whole time. Damn, that sounds fresh. And it's, and it's more where they came from. I was being nice on that. I only put out three. It's more where that came from. I'm a tracks. huge Earl Sweatshirt fan. I love Earl Sweatshirt. He's like Nas to me of his generation. So, like, the, the, I went digging for Earl Beats online. And I went digging for them shits, bro. I was, I was going to ask you about that, too, when you went uh, digging for uh, Earl Sweatshirt Beats because um, he does a lot of production that he releases that's unreleased too so like what made you what was the inspiration behind that too? The fact that I know niggas gonna sleep on Earl and Earl is one of the greatest motherfucking artists to come across the planet if you ask me and I'm a big Earl Sweatshirt fan once again like I love Earl Sweatshirt I don't have I, I can listen to Earl rap all, all day like me and Earl can walk down the block I told him just rap don't stop rapping keep rapping bro you know what I'm saying? Uh, so it was like I had to do that I had to do that that was, that was that was a personal project right there for me you know what I'm saying like I wanted to get that out of my ass that Barry Bonds too like that's like the, it's like 3 minutes and 30 tracks of some I mean 3 3 minutes and 30 seconds of some real shit on that I appreciate that that was from my heart honestly um with you having like a good career what like um what makes you want to get so in depth with like Earl Sweatshirt beats like that like I mean but, but it was it, I don't pick which one I'm gonna get in depth and it usually just comes out naturally and okay. Earl like I guess like like with Earl beats you know Earl is a personal artist you know what I'm saying so if you know Earl you know you gotta put your personal shit on it he don't hold no punches he tell you the good bad ugly and all so I, I, that's what I did on that project and then with you too um understanding longevity in the game too I'm curious because you're influenced by Earl Sweatshirt who else are you influenced by K-Burns um, I wouldn't say Earl's an influence oh, okay. I, I mean me my influence my, my influence musically and it's probably really not gonna change you know what I'm saying Michael Jackson you know what I'm saying James Brown Sam Cook, fucking Chuck Berry Damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 study, I study Derry Gordy. Like, like, everything about Team Family, I wanted, I want this shit to be like Motown, baby. You know what I'm saying? I studied uh, John Carl Train. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I studied different music genres. You know what I'm saying? I was a songwriter for uh, Capitol Records. Um, 
I got a healthy knowledge of music and my inspiration just comes from like those artists that dig into that. I told you like, like Curtis Mayfield is a very big influence on me. Mm. Ike Turner is a big influence on in my music. And like, this was before I even started rapping, you know? So when it comes to the rap, uh, Jay, DMX, Cameron, 50 Cent, all of them, I got a piece of everybody in New York, you know what I'm saying? So like, those are my inspirations, those artists that really, really tap into the craft and where they go with it, bro. Damn, I was gonna say, like, you, damn, yeah. so that that explains, like, and you're from there, too, so that must give you a lot of inspiration, too, just being, like, from there. I got big, I'm the only rapper from Jay-Z and Biggie Hood. So you were saying you're the only rapper from two, um, Biggie's block? I'm the only rapper from Biggie and Jay-Z neighborhood. Like, it ain't no rap. I don't know no rapper that can claim both of the neighborhoods. My father is one of the... My father's an influential figure for Marcy Projects. You know what I'm saying? Like, and growing up, my mom was that bitch, as they say, in Clinton Hills. You know what I'm saying? So, I was blessed to have those two as parents. You know what I'm saying? And come from those two places. It's like a certain aura and a certain air that I got to carry myself in because I got very, very, very big shoes to fill. Lyrically and business-wise, coming from, coming behind those two. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the County of Kings. And would you say your parents are a part of your big inspiration too, sir? Yeah, my, I, I, my, my parents was 18 years old when they had me, so, you know, my inception of hip hop was like NWA. I remember being two years old and watching that video, Easy! And I just used to be in the trance watching Easy E, like, yo, this nigga Easy E is dope. I can't wait to get Jerry Curls. You know what I'm saying? That's serious. And, I, and this is me, two, three years old. I'm like, I always, like, in my head, I, I, I was from Compton. I don't know what y'all niggas talking about. I'm from Boston, boy. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, like, my parents always kept good music playing in the house, especially good hip-hop. You know, my mom was the one that came. My mom came in the house and told me, yo, JV just got eight by nines. I said, you lying. She said, he need a song called Ether and play this for me. I said, wow. You know, so my mom... My mom was still riding around the car. My first mixtape from 2008. Mm. And I'm curious, too, when your mom played you Ether, too, they were, um, how, how was there New York at the time, too, when, um, because that was right around 9-11. That was the best time in New York. We was actually finding ourselves. Like, this was post-9-11, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, like, this was approaching 9-11. New York is at its best. Drugs is at an all-time low. The murder rate is high, and niggas is only getting one to three years for a gun. That's the Brooklyn I know. You know what I'm saying? That shit was wild. And, and, and to have Jay-Z and Nas going at it, that was, like, the, the real conversation really was only who the best rappers, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. You know what I'm saying? So to have them two going at it, that shit was like, everybody was ripping their pen hard in New York. If you was rapping, you had to come with bars. During that time, you had to be in your fucking A-game. You know what I'm saying? Because... New York was on fire. New York, when I say on fire, that was on fire in a good way and a bad way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it was like, um, beef was, um, because New York was be very beef. Like, beef was everywhere in New York, even when 50 came. New York is beef-oriented. Like, 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 a lot of people don't get that. New York City, everybody want to be the king. If you the king of New York, you the king of this whole shit. That's how we look at it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. There's always that 
that shit's gonna always be around. You know what I'm saying? Like that that little I don't know if they call it friendly competition. Some call it hating. Some I don't know what they call it. You know, I call it hip hop. You know what I'm saying? But that 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 right there, Jay Z and Jay Z and Nas's battle was probably that wasn't my favorite battle. I, I, I like the Beanie Siegel Jay Kiss battle a lot better. Oh, but really? That what? What? Beans is my second favorite rapper. Next to Big. We ain't even getting to that right now, you know what I'm saying? But that, that like, like, it put New York in pandemonium. Like, for real, for real. I can honestly say that that was always the topic of discussion. Like, niggas couldn't date certain girls because you listened to Nas. It was like that back to Darren. You couldn't be in certain circles because you listened to Jay-Z. Like, it was like the niggas that listened to Jay-Z Right? This, this, this is what I take from, my, from me. I was only like 13, 14 during this time. You know what I'm saying? So it was like the street, the, the street smart nigga that still knew right from wrong, right? He listened to Nas to justify what he was doing. And the nigga that didn't give a fuck and that was about that brag and I got to do what I got to do to make it up out of here, he listened to Jay-Z. Oh. So it was a clash. It, it, it was a clash of mental capacities. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was the dumb nigga versus the smart nigga, if you ask me. It was the fly nigga versus the, the nigga that ain't fly. It was the, the ugly nigga versus the pretty boy. It was, you know, it was the real nigga versus the fake nigga. It was, it was the drug dealer versus the dude that just watched it. It was all kind of the Brooklyn nigga versus the Queens nigga. It was the short nigga versus the tall nigga. The one that got the bad bitch, the one that ain't got no bitch. Like, any kind of, any kind of way you could flip that to a negative or positive or, or, or a yay and nay conversation, it would be, you turn that shit to Jay-Z and Nas. It was like Kobe Bryant versus Allen Iverson. Damn. Like, yeah, Biggie's Jordan, but you're looking at Allen Iverson and Kobe go through it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and then also, too, because, like, you were just 13, and four, uh, 13 at the time, too. That's crazy how it can just affect 13 like... turning 14. Yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, 13 turning 14. No! As a matter of fact, no, I'm wrong. Jay-Z and Nas started beefing when I was 14. I had came home from the fucking gun charge. Because when I first started really rocking crazy with Fetty in them, I remember my boy Max that put me and Fetty really, like, closely together. Like, me, Fetty, and Max was like the holy trinity. You know what I'm saying? I remember Max telling me one day when I was rapping, because Max raps his ass off, too. He was like, yo, you're like Nas. You're a gangster lyrical nigga. And I never understood what he meant by that. But I'm starting to understand it as I keep going along. And he's like, you know, as you go along, you're going to articulate your shit a certain way. And that's what's going to make you live. But you're always going to talk that gangster shit. That's facts right there. That's all facts. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I don't even know. Man. That he called those eyes right here. Um, I'm, I'm curious, too. Um, when was the first time you ever heard of Insomniac Magazine? Um, I've heard of Insomniac in like 99, I believe. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, they covered the Cage versus Eminem battle at the Rap Olympics. Oh, so they've been, yeah, because they've been out since 96. Nah, they, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Insomniac Mag is how I even know about Cage. With a K. Oh, really? I listen to everybody, bro. Idea is one of my favorite rappers, bro. I love Ron Sayers. I was gonna say when um when was the first time you ever heard of Grave Grave Diggers, sir? Well, Grave Diggers, I might have heard of Grave Diggers about two thousand two, two thousand one, like just on a blog. Cause by 
think blogs was better back then too. But I was like reading up on Devin the Dude, the Rascast. You know what I'm saying? And somebody else was, I think, yeah, I was, uh, who was it? I can't think of his name. Mac Dre. Motherfucking Mac Dre. I'm reading something about them. That's how I end up discovering the grave diggers. Like, yo, let me check these I'm a out. rapper, boy. Look, bro, just said, you on your interview? I'm a rapper now, bro. I get interviews and shit, nigga. <laughs> my fault, bro. It's all good, my G. I understand you're a busy man. Nah, he over here. He big money right now. Look, he counting it out, bro. Oh. <laughs> you ain't broke, baby. You know, my fault, bro. It's all good, my G. Nah, I'm the fuck. Let's slide out. Don't matter with my bros, man. We out. Let's get it, low. We back to the interview. Alright, so um, like you said too, um, when you said uh, Insomniac Mag, that's how you heard of Cage with a K too. Who else have you found through Insomniac Magazine? Um, I was. Uh, let me think of Ty Ferris. Ty, motherfucking Ty Ferris. That nigga's nice. Wait, he's. I saw a Ty Ferris song on there. Let me see what this about. I know a dude with a last name named Ferris. You know what I'm saying? Let me see what this about. That caught my attention. And Tom Ferris is a dope artist. You know what I'm saying? Who else I discovered on uh, Insomniac Magazine? Uh, Magno Garcia. Oh, okay. My, my boy Mag. My boy Magno. When he dropped uh, Chandeliers. And I wasn't even like digging it. Like, I wasn't even like fucking with the underground scene. You know what I'm saying? I just listen. I'm a fan of music. You know, I like good music. And I follow SD Nat. So I seen Esty with some shit with them one time too. I mean, oh, that's Insomniac Magazine. They on Twitter? Cool. I, I haven't seen them around for years, you know what I'm saying? So it was cool to see them around. And, um, gosh, um, I was wanted to ask you too, that uh, Team Fame piece too, that's absolutely fire. Um, what was the inspiration? Appreciate behind? it. Oh, no, hey, hey, like I said, I keep it a buck. What was the inspiration behind uh, Team Fame? Um, the label itself, Team Fame was a click. Like, Team Spain was the gang. Team Spain was the hood. That's the South Street. You know what I'm saying? That's, everybody in my hood, the gang. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had, I was in a I was in a group called Two Three when I was in 12th grade. I had stopped rapping in 11th grade. I was really wilding. Like I said, I was out of town getting money and shit. Shout out to my guy, Chase Peso. He was working on the grand plan to get me back rapping, and I didn't even know. So he had came to me at like, the first day of 12th grade, like, yo, I got an album coming out. I need you to do my graphics. I'm like, all right, I got you. Like, I want you to come to the studio with me and do the graphic there. I'm like, for what? Like, I want you to hear the album and get the vibe and whatever, whatever. So I did that. It was cool. But he ended up slowly getting me back into the rap shit. You know what I'm saying? And Two Trey ended up breaking up. Not breaking up, but dying out. You know, we ended up going our separate ways. And then from there, you know, I'm in the hood. Everybody in the hood know I rap. We blowing up in the hood. Look, you know what I'm saying? Next day, you know, man. Let's make this quick, man. Team Fame, the motherfucking game, man. And I said, and he was doing that ever since. And then after that, you know, it, it just grew. So I, the inspiration from that was just to, like, you know, make something that was ours. You know what I'm saying? And when we make it that, and it's ours, we're going to make that live on forever like Junior Mafia. You know what I'm saying? Junior Mafia kind of was the inspiration behind Team Fame because my neighborhood needed something that was theirs. You know what I'm saying? And Team Fame is downtown Brooklyn for real. Um, because like <clears throat> Team Fame's got a lot of talent too. Um, I know you said it early on in the show, but uh, would you like to give out like a few people that are uh, with Team Fame? Uh man, the label is official, and a lot of people need to understand it. We only six Team Fame Musical, 
is 318 Chase from Ruston, Louisiana. Fetty from the Bronx, New York. Mac T by way of Baltimore, Maryland. Echo 84 from motherfucking South Bend, Indiana. And my guy, Eddie Word from Oakland, California. You know what I'm saying? That is Team Fame Music Group. That is the label, that's the brand, that's the company. That's what y'all getting right now. Y'all getting Team Fame Music Group. That is us. I'm going to say to you, uh, <clears throat> Fetty, uh, you got to put me on to some of Fetty's Instagram and some of his music, because when I heard Biddy Boys, I was like, yo, I got to reach out to Fetty, man. That dude fire, too. Man, let me tell you something about Fetty. That is the most versatile artist I've ever, ever. I, I've seen Fetty do everything but sing. Oh, so he does it all, like producing, too. That he don't make beats, but I'm sure if you put an NPC in front of Fetty for 30 days, he'll have that shit mastered. <laughs> Big fan. Uh, um, I'm curious too. Um, Fetty. No cocky shit. I'm not being cocky. Like Fetty, know how to make videos. You know, do everything. Do what I would you consider? Would you consider him a visionary? Definitely. I would consider Fetty like Fetty's the uh, beyond a visionary. They don't even have the word for what he is. Like, there's it, it, not words to describe a study. There's no words to describe a 318 chase. There's no words to describe a Mac T. Like, my bros, is, they on some other shit. They a vibe. I think when it's all said and done, whatever we become, that's what we are. I think we set out to be visionaries and shit now, but I think we end up being something bigger than that. Honestly, I know it deep down inside. I feel it in my bones. I was going to say, uh, you met your favorite rapper, I see, uh, Seagull. Uh, I was actually on tour with Seagull, and that that was mind blowing. Like the, I was shy when I met Seagull. I was I wasn't sure if I was good enough. Cause this is this the best. This this nigga right here, I, his DNA is all in my music. You know what I'm saying? So to see how he reacted to me, how he responded to me, and like really pulled up on me, your friends holler at me, called me after the tour, got the FaceTime, whole nine yards. You know what I'm saying? But, my wife heard me on FaceTime, came in there to pop some shit, thought I was cheating with a girl. She looking at BBC. She went crazy, because that's one of her favorite rappers, too. You know what I'm saying? So, What'd she say when you see B you talking of Beanie Seagull? She cursed me the fuck out. Like, why, why you didn't tell me you was on the phone with Beanie Seagull? I'm over here looking like this. You came in here trying to scream on a nigga. Like, I was talking to a girl. <laughs> it was like 12 at night. She's screaming, making noise. Wake the fucking kids up and shit. You know what I'm saying? But it was cool. It was cool. It was dope. Like, it was dope. That's when she knew shit was real. Like, she knew shit. Because I've been with my girl since I was 14. You know what I'm saying? My girl been with me since the day I got out of the juke. It ain't leave my side thing. And, um... Well, that's your high school you know, sweetheart, eh? Nah, that's my, that's my baby. Me and her been on it like that since we was in elementary. I remember being in oh, the fourth grade playing football. And she being in second grade. And I got a, I got a stiff arm. The nigga that's playing defense on me and spin off of her ass because she chasing my army too. That's my baby. She got three of my kids for a reason. Oh, damn. Hey, so you... I love that girl. Hey, would you say um, your wife's a big inspiration to your music too? What? What? She allowed me to... She's watching me work hard for the last three and a half months on this album. I'm like, I need to go see my brothers and you know get out this congested city. She's like, hey, do you? You know what I'm saying? She allowed me to be better. You know, every 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 great man needs a great woman behind him, and she cool for that shit. That's big facts, right there. Shout out to my baby mama. She needs. I love you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure what you hear this, you love that story about being a seagull. Yeah, 
she gonna be cracking up. Um, also, also too. Um, what what made you wanna like get into physical vinyls all that? Because like from what I've seen too, like you're like everything sold out on your Bandcamp. I mean, I just wanted to do something that was gonna last forever. I think I think one day the internet gonna crash. Oh yeah, who hasn't? You see, how, you see how the computer just deemed us the problem and started attacking humans, you know what I'm saying? That's Elon like, Musk. If one day computers start working, how you gonna hear my music if you ain't got the physical? Or like when Instagram crashed. Anything. If any, like I remember being on datpip.com and the server used to get jammed up whenever uh, Gucci man say he <laughs> put the mixtape up. How you gonna listen to my shit today if you wanna listen to it? You know what I'm saying? You can't. Um, I'm curious too, K Burns too. You got a lot of your old work on that path? Yeah, you could everything that I ever dropped from two thousand seven is online. You can get it online. It's on that tip. I'm heavy on that tip. I'm mean, I'm on live mixtapes. I'm on fucking what's the other shit they got? What's the uh with the gorilla shit? Mixtape gorilla, whatever the fuck. I'm on every site. That crack, everything you can think of, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to my nigga calmly. For putting all my shit on YouTube, because I ain't had the time to do it. Shout out to Sun Tzu for putting Pirate Vision on YouTube, because I ain't have a chance to do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm everywhere. I'm a virus. This, is, this shit is like HIV. You won't catch us stuck, nigga. <laughs> Big facts right there. <laughs> Big facts. Um, shit like Blue Magic Dope. Listen, this one time, you got to come get it any day. Don't share that needle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious too, K-Burns. How come you never put any of those EPs, like Infamous Villains, up on streaming sites like Tidal? Because I'm totally against them. Oh, so you're against... I don't stand for them. Okay. I'm anti that. I'm anti-major streaming... I'm, I'm anti-major streaming platforms for a reason. Because... I purposely do that. Because a nigga that found my music, I know he went digging for that shit. Yeah, I definitely went digging for that. And I, and I got nothing but love for you for that. Oh, man, appreciate Nine, but the utmost respect and love for you for that. I'll never like a family member. And, like, also, too, because, like, do you think Bandcamp, because you get full profit when people buy your stuff, right? Yeah, you get a, they take a very minor percentage. And the percentage that they take in is the same percentage you're going to take from a major streaming platform. I think a lot of these guys just want to look like they, they, they're major rappers. They want to look like that. So they, they, they do what they see other guys doing. It's like, y'all more Spotify. I'm on iTunes. I'm on that. You still in your mama house too, broke ass nigga. <laughs> it's like going. It's like on Bandcamp. You can actually make a decent living with like physical copies on there. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. I'm Kate Burns of Living Proof. I paid the bills off Bandcamp. Yeah, this is my career. This is my life. I paid for my kid's birthday off Bandcamp. I love every fucking supporter that's taking their hard earned bucks and investing into this brand. I love him for that. I'm going to take care of my family over something that this is what I do for fun. It turns to what I do for a living. You know what I'm saying? I can't think nobody more to... I, I thank you. That's all I can say. How do you get inspired when, you, when you're writing K-Bands? I'm curious. Uh, same formula, man. You know the team same formula, man. You smoke a little weed. Get deep in our thoughts, man. Give me 35 minutes. I got you. <laughs> Give me two blunts. 
you know, let that be play over and over. I don't need much. I do this for real, man. Like, I'm not one of them rappers that need drugs. I ain't got to take this and that to get in my zone. I don't even need weed to get in my zone. Turn the fucking beat on and put the mic on. You know what I'm saying? I draw all my music come from my real life experiences. So what you hearing from me is my life in retrospect. You know what I'm saying? You hear my life in retrospect. And I, I just sit there and get into... I've been thinking about being a foster kid, make an album off that shit. I can make an album about baseball if I want to. I can get that in-depth about how I'm feeling about this. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it, motivation comes like... I was motivated the other day to just start working on some shit in the hotel room. I was up 5 in the morning recording some music. It, it, it comes sporadic. That's why I love music. I like that too. I like how like um you put such thought into your music. That's why I gravitate towards it because I can I can hear like the sincerity in your voice when you rap it. I'm like, yo, this guy actually lived that shit. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate it. I really do. That's why I don't make club music because I don't party. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to make that shit. I can't tell you what's going on in clubs. I don't give a fuck. When we went to the club, we to shoot that shit up. So I ain't big on going to clubs and big crowds of people. I'd rather be on stage looking at everybody than to be on the wall watching everybody. Watch me. Now, when when you're saying like you got inspired to when when you're when you re listen to your music too, do you have to like say to yourself, I'm like, damn, that's me. I mean, it depends. Like sometimes I had a moments where I just write some crazy shit. And I'm like, God damn. Nigga, you nice. You know what I'm saying? Like like the shit I got coming out on my, my bro Echo eighty four Project that's dropping on March 19th, that might be my favorite verse I laid in two years. Okay. Now, 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 now I'm curious too, um, because you have yet to um, drop like a really full length personal project. I'm curious. Right. Would you ever consider later on in your career getting a really in-depth album, like from like like a Booker Ryan in-depth album, like covering everything that you've been through in life from like the beginning, from Brooklyn to all the way until 2018? I mean, honestly, that's coming out 420. Okay. It's it. That album is it. And it naturally happens. You know what I'm saying? That album is called Bernie Bill. And I'm about to take the listeners on a 11-track ride through my neighborhood, through my life, through my ups, my downs, my highs, and my lows. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's not going to be the typical fucking album. It's going to be articulated through music. I'm going to show my musical talent. I'm going to articulate this shit music. I'm not going to say nothing on an album in layman's terms. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to really listen to that album. And you're going to have to get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing, though. 420, I'm definitely going to be tuned in for that one. Again? I said for 420, I'm definitely going to be tuned in for that one. Yeah, and that's going on all major platforms. <laughs> that one going on all major platforms. <laughs> well, it, well, it's going to be the introduction. Would you say that would be the introduction to people who haven't heard of a K-Burns? Um, I would say so. I mean, I think, you know, every day you meet somebody new. You know what I'm saying? So you're reintroducing yourself to people every day. I just met a whole bunch of people over this last week. I never met when I was living there. So I think that I'm looking forward to that reintroduction to a new population of people. That's why I did what I did on Bandcamp, because Bandcamp has listeners. So I was like, you know what, let me go find some listeners, right? You know what I'm saying? My, my husband listened to me since I was 13 years old. He tired. Listening to the young boys as they turn, you know what I'm saying? So I, had to, I couldn't get mad. I had to go find new listeners. It's a big world. Um, because, like I said, I'm early on a lot of people, too. Um, I called Kendrick 
before they even signed to Dr. Dre too. So um, I'm calling K Burns uh, Bernieville uh, classic before even uh, e even before it's released. No, I appreciate that. And I'm gonna actually have to go tweet that. For real, for real. Bernieville's a classic, and I'm quoting King Lo for that one. <laughs> uh, big facts for real, right there. For real. Um, with you having like a good career ahead of you too, um, if if you get a crazy amount of response through Ber Bernieville, would you ever consider putting like infamous villains on streaming sites for the people who got really in tune of Bernieville to be like, yo, let me just like you can check out some of my old work right here. I mean, that was the game plan when I when I got into this band camp shit. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna put all these albums out the same day, the same day and time on every fucking streaming platform after I get that response. So I'm just waiting. You know what I'm saying? I'm just waiting for the perfect time. You know, I think I, I, I learned in this shit. You can't force it. You know what I'm saying? I, I think prior to 2017 and 2018, I think everything I did in my career was forced and induced by where the game was going. Versus me playing my own game. So, you know, now I'm playing my own game. I put my shit out how I want, when I want, where I want, and give it to who I want. You know what I'm saying? So, title and all of them to get it when the time is right. I might want a bag for them shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm Jay-Z going to send me something. You know what I'm saying? You never know. You know, so I, I, instead of me just pushing it there now, I now leave room for things to happen. You know what I'm saying? And I control what I can control. I can't control what's going on uh, on those other sites. I, I got more control over what I'm doing on uh, Bandcamp, you know what I'm saying? I got access to these supporters. I can talk to them. I can give them a heads up that this is coming out, you know what I'm saying? So I, I love that, that that platform. So it's perfect for where I'm going with it, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, well, and it's good then too because like when people like tap in too because like when I tapped into, I listened to music differently. I started off from Pirate Division and I went down, but when I came across Infra Infamous Villains, I was like, holy fuck. I was like, this guy right here, man. That's vinyl for you. <laughs> That's vinyl for you. <laughs> the Marty Squeeze. He'll bring that out to you. Um, well, with you two, like, understanding the game and longevity, too, I believe that you can speak things into existence, too. Who would you say is your dream collaboration? How come it's a heavy? Okay. If I could just get like a side A, a fucking alchemist, and a side B, a havoc, I'll retire. I'm done. I got so many other talents. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll probably go back to college and pick up an architecture that I stopped doing after high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, I, if I could get a side A, an alchemist, and a side B, a motherfucking havoc, you got you ready. You got you ready to die. You got you a reasonable doubt. Got to a get rich or die trying. You know what I'm saying? Well, and like too, with you understanding like the already outcome of that album too. With um, if they approached you saying like we want to do this, but we want to put a team fame complication out first. You with that first? What? What? <laughs> that would be music to my ears. Everything I do is. The situation that I'm in right now with a Vanguard, shout out to a Vanguard. They're doing all our they We have a full-blown distribution partnership. And when I was approached by a Vanguard, it was like, hell yeah, let's work. But can't do this situation without my bros getting the situation. And they say, oh, whatever you bring, we taking on. That was music to my ears. Mm -hmm. So the whole team saying we be exclusively with a Vanguard. We're not with nobody else. 
team thing is illegal, avant guard the distributor. And that's it and that's all. We are full functioning independent label. We don't need or want for nothing from nobody. So if we working with you and we fucking with you, it's cause we fuck with you. We don't reach out to nobody for help. None of that. We do it all ourselves. The ins and the outs, the promotion, the marketing, all that shit. We do it ourselves. Alright, big facts right there. That's a real one. If we could get an alchemist and havoc on Team Fame or us on them, however you want to put it, man, that'll put us in a different light to the world for the rest of our lives. Yeah, that's big facts right there. Um, What was your reaction when Mac P went number one by himself on Insomniac Magazine? Yo, I told Mac he's the golden kid, man. I called him up that morning. I said, I know you know what happened. Cause all he did was sing. He, I, I never seen Max so hype in his life. He was like, "Burn it!" <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause Max is real reclusive. You don't get hype. You know what I'm saying? He was hype, and it was good to see him get hype. Um, I was curious. Yeah, and then with Kogan too, with the response that I got too. Um, <sighs> Kogan is crazy. Right? <laughs> Yo, that is crazy right there. When I when no, no you believe he did that shit in like two sessions. Yeah, he did. He did tell me that. Two studio sessions. Quick, on the spot. Every song was written on the spot. Fresh work right there for the street. And just like something so... Shout out to Bass Reeve on the production, too. Um, so you were there for the recording process? I was there for the whole process. I didn't... Like, I was already signed to Mac up to do a project. He didn't even know it. He thought he was just going to the studio to just meet me. Now, he going to work, nigga. And... I just wanted to see how he worked at the studio. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, Mac is still new to a lot of this shit. I just wanted to see how he worked. I wanted to see what he was good at and what he, what he may have needed help with. And you don't need no fucking help. And it was, it, was, it was dope to see that. Like, yo, I'm here. You need a verse, I'm here. But if not, keep going. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think for law music, you know, I personally like that beat. I was like, I got to get on this one. I'm getting on that. <laughs> I got something in my head for that one. <laughs> but, like, you know, just to see him play Kogan together the way he did, in the time he did, we on the clock, Mac. When Mac comes to New York, he's on the countdown. You know what I'm saying? He's not lingering out here. Every every move we make is accounted for for the day. You wake up like this is the plan. We going here, 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 and see this one. So it was great to have that come out in the fashion that it came out. And you know, to see the people respond to it, it just reaffirms what I already knew about this kid. Like, this nigga's fucking nice. Like, kid get busy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we gonna put that shit together right. I don't want nobody fucking this nigga shit up because niggas be hating. You know what I'm saying? Being Mac is like the new red and mess. I know that. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> That's big fact. Keep the charm. You know what I'm saying? Yin and yang. Yin and yang. That's my dude right there. That's my motherfucking guy. But don't get it fucked up. I fuck with everybody in Team Fame the same exact way. We all fuck with each other the same way. It's just like on Twitter. Y'all are, like you know y'all see me and Mac more being fools on there. They do nuke them and shit like that. Y'all y'all look at that. Shout out to all you Duke Nukems out there, too. We see y'all niggas. You know y'all got ghostwriters. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, a lot of their favorite bloggers be their ghostwriters, man. I'm telling you, man. Because I ain't gonna drop no names, but the bloggers know who they are. I think I ghostwriters for a lot of these niggas, man. And a lot of these bloggers, though, be weird as fuck, though, sometimes. Weirdos. I done had bloggers watch me from the other side of the room, and I know who you are, because you're looking too hard. Clean Dexter, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's all love, uh, man. I'm a, like I tell everybody, man, I'm an approachable guy. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I've had artists hit producers up like, yo, could you holler at us for me? 
You ain't got to do that with Bernie, man. Hit me up on my DM. DM me your number, tell me to hit you. I'm going to hit you, bro. I, don't, I, I, I ain't that type of dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm still approachable. I'm, I'm, I'm going to always be approachable. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say, too, um, your energy, too, is incredible. I think that's why I think, you know, I can vibe with, you know, um, with such street-orientated rappers, too, because um, that was my past, like, before I cleared myself up, man. Like, that shit, like, that's why, like, that's why when people like, yo, low, you talking to people like Big Twins and you're still being you, I'm like, yeah, because I ain't never changed before. Yeah, you know, I'm getting to the change. You know, I was talking to, um, me and Bob Rock have really become good friends. Me and Bubba Rock, that's my guy. You know what I'm saying? And Bub was telling me one day, he said, you know what it is about you? Not to, not to even say it like that on the air. He said, but you was a niggas nigga. You, you, every, it's a bounty in every hood, right? You know what I'm saying? That's why niggas gotta love you. And I, I never realized that. But he was like, you, you was a niggas nigga. You the dude that's around the way. Everybody gotta fuck with you. Even if you don't like this thing, you gotta fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? So I, I kind of get it now. I'm starting to understand why I am and, and, and the direction God pointing me in and how you... You know, he sculpted me to be something great, I guess. I'm, I'm just trying to live up to the shoes. And I just hear my grandfather had in my voice, like, you better not fuck up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, hey, man, you're, you're on top of your game right now, man. And uh, no, I don't want that old man to wake up out of his grave and kick my ass. Because <laughs> 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 I think he could do it. If anybody could do it, my grandfather could do it. Hey, and uh, just for uh, the people listening to K Burns is the first person to break the hour and a half mark. So uh, it's my guy right here, uh, longest episode ever. Wow, wow, wow! That's crazy, low. <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. I didn't expect that. Nah, yo, the vibe is real, bro. Like I told you, when when you hit me up for the interview, you no, know, Sean told me about it. I said, yo, I'm with it, man. I like that. I like what you're doing. I already know what you was doing. When you hit me up, like I told you, man, don't hold back. That's my first interview. So we're going to get a world. There's nobody else getting this energy. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm too, when I tapped into your life. I'm going to some cheap, cheap shit. See, <laughs> for big fans. Hey, how old are you? 300, nigga. Well, um. What's wrong? 300. I was going to say, too, but that's when I tapped into your live. Too, that's real. I was like, whoa, 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 this ain't this ain't K Burns. And then I was like, yo, is K Burns down for an interview? And then Sean was like, yeah, K Burns down for an interview. I'm like, all right, bet. I'm like, I was like, I was I was shocked at first. I'm like, this is not K Burns. Yo, I was I was bugging with like, cause I'm like, yo, I need to get on this. Mac hit me up and say y'all did an interview with King Low. I said, what? Oh shit, Mac. I'm like, yo. You know, me, me and Mac, they call us Bernie Mac. They dubbed us Bernie Mac, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, you know, with, just to have Mac get an interview on there, you know, I, I, I definitely was, I owed you that. It was, it, was, it was not even a question, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's definitely going to do that. Would you uh, ever consider doing a joint project if you and Mac? Me and Mac doing Kane and Lynch. That's coming out. This year. Yeah, you did say that. You did say that. <laughs> me and Mac is like me and Mac is being very selective about our beats. We being like, this, this was a real meticulous thing because we know how much, we know how influential this project could be to the to, to the game. You know what I'm saying? So we're not rushing it, we're not forcing it. Yeah, we got a release date, we're not announcing it, but it's definitely coming out 2019. I, I can guarantee that. <laughs> I was going to say, too, because uh, when I asked him about that, too, he did say, yeah, too. And um, I like how you guys are taking your time with that because those EPs from what you told me, too, some of them were on the spot within two days. But you could tell this one's going to be special because you guys are taking your time with this one. Oh, this going to be more special. This going to be more than special. Like, 
When me and Mac get together, it's like, you know what it is, honestly? I did the Biggie Boys tape last year. You know what I'm saying? This year I'm doing a, a tape with Mac. And then next year I'm doing a tape with 318 Chase. You know what I'm saying? So I'm taking that time to do a tape with each one of my brothers. And I want to give each one of them my undivided attention for the features. And I want to really be hands-on with this shit. 110% with them. Hey, man, like I said, like, you definitely know your game, man, so I gotta salute you for that, man. And you're a busy man. Too. I mean, I learned, I learned this from a very, very smart individual, but, but a lot of people don't know. You know what I'm saying? My bro, Xavier Smith, is one of two producers that produced in the morning with J. Cole and, and, and Drake. You know what I'm saying? I was there with Menzo just as while I I watched these niggas make so seductive and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I was it's too close not to not to grab it, you know what I'm saying? I was groomed by the right dudes and just you know when it comes time to get professional, get professional. It's a time and place for everything. We leave the street shit in the streets. We go in these motherfucking offices, we tighten our ties up. Tighten our we tighten our boots up on the street. When we step in the motherfucking business world, we tighten that tie up. Hey man. <laughs> that's a that's a good mentality to have, my guy. A definitely good mentality. Time and a place for everything. Cause I like let this be known. I'm not the one. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not the one. I'm not the see I smack the shit out of any one of these rappers they play with me. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't here for that. I could have just stayed in the streets for that. So I just try to low stay with try to stay around good energy, good people. Like you see my guys in the back cracking up, they cracking jokes and shit, you know what I'm saying? We having a good time. You know, front of the shrimp club. Looking good. Shit like Magic City right now. Here. Now, um, like I said, too, um, the reason why I asked this question, too, is because um, everybody gives a different answer to this question, too. And it's also the last question I ask all my guests, too. So I'm curious uh, what a K-Burns would say to this. All right, let's shoot, shoot. Just a good one. Shoot it. You got any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light? Say that again? I got any words for somebody in a dark place trying to light? Trying to see the light. All right. Close your eyes, right? Close your eyes real, real, real tight. Close them real tight. When you're at your lowest, you're feeling like shit, you close your eyes real tight. Look inside yourself. Tell me what you see. That's the light right there. It's that simple. It's all in you. I teach that to my, my daughters. I tell it to Mac. I tell it to Chase. I tell it to Seti, Ecto, Eddie. I tell it to myself. Because we all human. And we all get to that dark place. How about I told you I made all them albums out of that dark place? Them albums with EP from 2018 took me out of that dark place. But I had to close my eyes real tight and look deep down inside. And I saw the light in me. That's what I really that, That's all I can tell you. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've been at the lowest of lows and I've seen the highest of highs. You know what I'm saying? And I can tell you, it's always light inside you, though. You can't depend on nobody else. You can't find your happiness with nobody else. Can't find success with nobody else. Can't find your health with nobody else. It's all in you. And that light that whoever, whoever's listening to this, that light that you're looking for in that dark place, just close your eyes tighter. Really, really, really look deep inside. And I, I guarantee you, I put that on my team thing chain. I put that on my kids. That light is in you already. You just let you letting the motherfucking world dim in your light, man. Well, that's a real inspiration answer, K. Burns. I mean, I just, I'm, a, I'm not trying to be no prophet. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm just giving you my experiences, and I'm going to tell you how I did it. I looked deep down inside of myself, and I saw the light. 
It's right there in your solar plexus, right next to your heart. I can tell you where it's at. That's how real it is. It's called your soul, baby. And it's thriving to come out. But you gotta let it out. Don't let the world take your joy. Don't let the world stay your light. Hey, man. Um, I just want to let you know something, too, man. Um, you never know who your music can affect, too, man. So I'm going to tell you one thing, man. I'm always going to cherish your music from here on out now because, like, just that, just cause of this interaction, man. Like, that song on Infamous Villains I told you about, that's my shit forever. Yo, I deeply appreciate that from the deepest depths of my heart, Lo. Because I only do this to change one person's life. I always said if I could get through to one motherfucker, and they come out that dark corner because of me. I did my job, man. Yeah, man. I did my job. Hey, and that's why I love doing interviews because somebody's gonna grab it. Cause you'll be selling out, so somebody's want to hear what K Burns got to say. Definitely, yo. I hope everybody comes. I hope everybody comes fuck with me because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fuck with you back. If you fuck with me, I'll fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, get away from me. That's how I feel. I'm not a bitch, but I'm telling you, niggas is nasty. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah the shit club, man. It's about to go down, low. It's about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you got to take my bro's tweet. He was holding it down. They, they want the truth out. He's the background, I hope. <laughs> oh, no, no. You good, you good. Uh, you got anything to plug in before I let you go, K-Burns? Uh, say that again? You got anything to plug in before I let you go, K-Burns? Uh, man, y'all niggas, I, I just love the game. I want the world to just be a better place. Everybody should... Live and let live and laugh. You know what I'm saying? That's what I, that, that's all I can really do. Go to kburns.bandcamp.com. Do what you do. Download it. Listen to everything. You know what I'm saying? Support my boy King Low, kind of the real podcast. I'm a real simple dude, man. I want everybody to, to shine and live. Don't, don't just listen to me. Listen to everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's how you get a good scope of the game. And you can really decide who you want to see is the best or who you really fucking with. You know what I'm saying? That's what I say. And with that being said, this longest interview from the desk of Low as to date, featuring my guy K Burns. Holla at me. I appreciate you, kid, man. Anytime I'm going to go on wax and say this, man, that was a good interview, my G. Appreciate it, Low. Real talk. Appreciate you, my guy.